This is Toastcaster, your communication leadership and learning lab. Your host, Greg Gazin, speaker, blogger, author, and syndicated veteran columnist of Troy Media. Episode 163, Reinvention and Tips for When Business is Slow, with our guest, Stephanie Northcott. Our guest today is a former corporate project administrator in the construction and electrical utility industries. Due to a corporate reorganization in March of 2020, she found herself in a position of having no position that fits her skills. And with a decade of extensive experience under her belt, she decided to take matters into her own hands, put her administrative skills and strengths to work, and became an entrepreneur, specializing in helping sole proprietors and online entrepreneurs as a virtual assistant. She's also a Toastmaster, having been awarded the coveted Al Fallman Rookie of the Year trophy in her district for the year 2007-2008. Originally from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Stephanie and her husband Mark and son Christopher have embarked on an adventure year, and we speak with her this morning from Guanajuato City, Mexico. Stephanie Northcott, welcome to Toastcaster. Thank you so much, Greg. <laughs> Thanks for finding the time to spend with us this morning. I was reading your article on LinkedIn, and it's called Filling the Gaps When Things Get Slow. And I mm -hmm. thought to myself, this is really perfect for this time of the year. Now, some people are in holiday mode, but fall is also around the corner. In the article, you had some simple tips, but I found myself just nodding my head going, yes, yes. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about your journey, taking a page from your article, because your article, Filling the Gaps When Things Get Slow, for you, things really got slow with a corporate reorg and you had to fill that gap. So what I'm wondering is, Stephanie, what went through your mind and tell us a little bit about this whole thing and how it unfolded. Well, Craig, last April, uh company reorged. I had no position. And so I had to go looking for, for new work. Luckily enough with the company, I was able to work with a consultant who helped get me new work. And so I did get new work, but then we decided to move to the, to Mexico uh, for an adventure, as you mentioned, of course, I couldn't work with them remotely. It's just corporation policy and that kind of stuff. So I was sad to, you know, get a job. And then, you know, I had to, to leave within a month. It got me thinking like, well, during COVID, um, I was basically working from home in an administrative role, but virtually. So why not put my skills to use by doing things virtually down here in Mexico? Just get myself set up and just work with people from wherever they are. And I can work. The great thing is I'm working on my own time. So if I need to go take my son to daycare, I'm not having to rush back right away because I'm working on company time. I'm working on my time. So that's what I really liked. The, the journey to come here, I'm like, I'm letting go of the corporate world, which of course gives you a, a steady income to move into more of the entrepreneurial world where income isn't always guaranteed. You have to work for it, but at least I have the opportunity to make my own hours and work for myself and grow in my leadership. So it's really the growth I've had in the last almost nine months here so far has been amazing. It's amazing. So I'm curious when you first got this notice, if you will, I guess we'll call mm -hmm. it notice, you're being downsized or reorged. Mm -hmm. What went through your mind at that moment? 
I <laughs> I was like, well, I'll pick myself up and find new work. I mean, when I was working with the consultant, we redid my resume and she showed me some really new new skills and new things to to work with and I was pretty amazed at what I had done in terms of all of the, you know, skills and expertise that I had gotten over the years that, you know, putting that together. I mean, people do their resumes all the time. They get laid off or something happens and they do their resume, but oftentimes they're not supported with somebody who can tell them, you know, if you do it this way or we can reformat it and this will look better. And people, particularly when you're doing the digital version of uh, sending in your resume, there's all the algorithms that pick up certain things. So she was able to help me, you know, really spot pick certain things to get those requirements met for the company. But then again, I turned around and be like, well, I guess I don't need a corporate job <laughs> to then move on to being my own business. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. So you took a crisis, you turned it into an opportunity because most people, I think, or a lot of people would probably just freak out. Oh, don't get me wrong. I did freak <laughs> out. Like I was like, uh, I was let go in April. I didn't get a job until the end of August and I started in September. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It was still stressful, but the support I got, I think that was great. And again, you know, I was coming from a company that was able to provide that support. Again, not everybody is able to do that. You know, they're, they're laid off. They don't get support. So I was lucky to get the support that I needed to find another job and then, then turn around and, you know, take whatever I have in terms of skills and expertise to turn, to now move into a, a role that I can do on my own. Yeah. And while it wasn't part of the article, this is what you did when things got slow for you. So that just shows yeah. that there are all, all kinds of opportunities. You mentioned that you're a virtual assistant for mm-hmm. those people who may not be who may not be familiar with it. I mean, most people probably have an idea, but what is a virtual assistant? A virtual assistant is somebody who you hire. They're not an employee. They're somebody you hire to do certain things or tasks for you. Maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, a virtual assistant might be somebody who picks up your clothes from the dry cleaner or gets you coffee or does bill paying for you. That's another thing that you can do. But right now for virtual assistant, we're mostly online. It could be anything from bookkeeping to email organization to newsletter making. It's just a lot of those tasks that small business owners or sole proprietors, they do on a regular basis, but it doesn't really, it's not their thing. It's not their expertise and it also can drag them down. I mean, it's just like those little nagging activities that must be done, but it's not their main focus. So if you're a coach or, uh, you know, a salesperson, you don't want to be dealing with those little emails and bills and statistics and whatever else that is necessary for you to build your business but there's something that's just not your strong suit. And so that's when a virtual assistant can take over and help. So it's a teamwork. It's not an employee employer type of situation. An employer has to provide the employee with work and consistently do that. Whereas as a virtual assistant, you can pick and choose what you need done and you basically pay for those services. So which tasks did you find most satisfying? Because I know for me, a lot of those mundane tasks are simply things I don't want to do or I just keep putting off all the time. 
Yeah, those are the things. What I like to do, um, because being an assistant, not even a virtual assistant, when I was an assistant or an admin, I often got those jobs people didn't really want to do, but it was necessary. So I've done PDF editing, form creation, newsletters, email. I mean, even in the corporate world, I actually, you know, organized my my boss's email inbox. At that time, it was 5,000. I just dealt with a client whose email inbox was 10,000. And, you know, trying to solve those pesky emails that are just like one-offs, like, where do I file this? <laughs> so it's <laughs> the mental gymnastics that some people just don't have the time to do, but I really love to do. Whatever comes in front of me, I'm like, we will figure this out and I'll figure it out. <laughs> Business owners don't want to figure it out. They're looking into social media platforms, which is a better platform. Do I want to do, you know, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok? You know, maybe I need some research. Like, what are the statistics? Is my demographic in the right place? So those are the things I can do. I can research that for you and put something together and show you your demographic is, you know, on Facebook or your demographic is totally on Twitter. Yeah. So you definitely found a way to fill your gap and other people's gaps as well. That, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Before we move on to the article, I, I need to ask, why did you choose Mexico? I mean, it's a beautiful place and I love to visit there and can't wait to go back again. Why did you decide to make it a a year-long adventure? Well, we had a friend who said, I'm moving to Mexico permanently. And we're like, we really like you and we want to, we still wanted to hang out with you. And I guess it's just, we wanted to have an experience. My my brother had um, moved to England for his master's and PhD. So he got to live in another country and I've never experienced that. I've traveled to a few places, but I've never actually lived and experienced and like, you know, put roots down for at least a little bit. So Mexico, it's cheaper down here. Not to say that, you know, all over the, the world, e- the economics are shifting. So things have increased in price down here. But overall, it's cheaper down here. The weather is fairly awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a, an area that's central Mexico. It's a little hilly and it, it can be cold at nights in the winter. And we're currently in the rain, rainy season. So, you know, you don't want to be caught without an umbrella because you might get a downpour. Generally in the daytime, you're looking at 25 degrees pretty much every day, sunny so it's almost like being in Alberta, but without the snow <laughs> or the chance of snow. <laughs> that 25 degrees is somewhere in the mid 70s for those of you who are still practicing Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah. So I know we digressed a little bit and thank you very much for <laughs> sharing a little bit about your journey, because I think that there are probably many people that can certainly take what you've gone through to heart and probably give them some ideas. Now, the article you talked about tips for filling the gaps when things slow down. Mm-hmm. You had seven tips in your article, and we won't have time to go through all of them, but we'll certainly be able to give people the link in case they want to check it out. What do you think is really one of the biggest tips, one of the biggest things that someone can do? Well, if you're not a sole proprietor or you have your own business, but you are somebody who's maybe working in the corporate world, I highly, highly recommend you check out your LinkedIn profile and update it because that, you know, particularly, you know, never know, you might lose your job. If your LinkedIn profile is up to date and has a, like a fresh picture of you in your profile picture and a nice banner, your banner doesn't have to be something professional. My banner has, you know, a computer or a laptop on a desktop with my virtual picture on it. It's, if you want to look for it, you can, but 
some people can just have a, a background with a quote on it, something that you know speaks to them. That's one way of, of updating it, but also looking at all your information and seeing if it reflects your resume or you could be a little more specific. Um, checking your about page, maybe you want to update that, but I highly recommend having an updated LinkedIn profile. Yeah, I do go on LinkedIn. I wouldn't say I'm on there every single day and I don't think I've even thought about updating my profile page for a while. It's <laughs> it's been a while. Another one that I really like is, and this is how we uh, we reconnected because I was a Toastmaster with you back in those days. <laughs> We're both still Toastmasters. And you mm-hmm. had written an article, which was you posted content. So you posted a content, you posted this little article on LinkedIn, and you mm-hmm. also posted it on your blog. So talk a little bit about content and perhaps maybe what types of content people can think of posting. The thing is, when I started this business, I wasn't posting a whole lot of content, even in LinkedIn. I was doing some stuff in Facebook. I still do some stuff in Facebook. But creating content has been one of my struggles. And so I am following, or actually I'm going through a course on VA schooling, basically. And this is one of the things they were saying. So I started a newsletter. So now I have content there that I can pull from. And then I started, I put that newsletter, the article that I have, my main newsletter is on in the blog. So now that I'm just starting to slowly build. And so by building up using these newsletters that I'm going to be putting out, that's one way of keeping connected and having some content. And you can reuse that content. <laughs> you can take snippets of it. It's it's a great way to just having that information ready at hand. And I was like, wow, I don't have to always come up with new stuff. Like granted, there should be new stuff that I should come up with, or I can take those newsletters and turn them into a blog. I'm learning this as I go as well and finding out that I'm not stuck without having any kind of content and creating new checklists that can be content anything that has to do with what you're interested in. So, I mean, there's a lot more stuff that I will be bringing out in the future. Um, I don't know what it is just at the moment, but it will be something that I can eventually use over and over again. And the great thing is I also have a spreadsheet and that's a good thing to have, have a spreadsheet and track what you've, you've posted so that you can go back and say, oh, well, maybe I should pull this out again. I've actually talked to one person. She says like, I don't track anything. I don't save anything. And I was like, well, if you don't save anything, how are you going to know what you've done in the past and what you can pull forward? So that's one of the the tips that I've been learning is like track it, put it in somewhere in a spreadsheet and being able to see what you've done before, rework some stuff so that you're not lost for content. There's always something going to be there that you can work with. It's a stepping stone, really. Yeah. I know some people that what they do is they'll take their content and they'll repost it at particular times. So for example, your article talks about what to do when business is slow. There are probably lull periods throughout the year, like perhaps like right after Christmas, right after the holidays. And that's probably Mm -hmm. a great time. The other thing you could do, hint, hint, is you could create a podcast or be a guest on a podcast. That's great content for you. Yes. (laughs) And I'm, I'm thankful that you reached out to me because I... I thought about it, but I never thought I would, you know, be a guest on a podcast, you know, maybe down the road when I'm a little more organized and got some free time, I might start thinking of creating my own podcast. But uh, 
it's baby steps for me right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Or just being a guest because there are podcasts that I'm sure are dedicated to being a virtual assistant. There's podcasts that are mm -hmm. dedicated to being organized. You can offer some tips and tricks, which mm -hmm. leads me nicely into the next one, which I like. And you, <laughs> it's your point number four. And it's funny because I've never heard this word being used this way. You put cleanup tolerations. I, I love that. What are tolerations? The, yeah, anything that you're you're putting up with. I know I've done this myself where I have particularly clients or friends' phone numbers. You have like multiple places where all of your contacts are. So one of the tips that I learned about for building my VA business was get all your contacts in one place, like MailChimp or whatever platform you're going to use, put it all in one place so that you can go through that list, check who is, you know, email is no longer valid or maybe needs to be updated. Maybe you have a friend who got married, their, their last name has changed. Put it all in one place so that you know where it is. Now, when you have MailChimp, you also want to have a backup. So maybe even creating a spreadsheet to have that backup in case for some reason MailChimp goes down. For some reason, I will tell you, I made the mistake of deleting names off of MailChimp, which never do. Because <laughs> you can't put them back unless you go and have the person sign up using a form through MailChimp. It's just, it's a right. bit of a hassle. So it's always good to just archive anybody. Having a backup of where your phone numbers and addresses and emails are. So that's one of the things that people tolerate. You know, you'll have them on your phone. You'll have them. I know there's a lot of integration, you know, phone in your computer, but some people have it on a slip of paper. They have business cards that they haven't even entered into their phone. So those are tolerations. Oh, you know, I should, I should go find that person's name. And then you're like hunting. So you spend so much time hunting for their name or their phone number or, their, or whatever, when if you had it all in one place, you wouldn't be hunting for them. So that's the kind of toleration. Supplies, you know, if you are a business owner, you have often may have, like for me, I am working off of my desk here, which is a kind of makeshift desk. Anything in Mexico, it's kind of makeshift because we, we're not planning to stay here. My books and pens, might be in another room and they should be with me. So everything should be in one place. I recently ran out of staples. <laughs> <laughs> so rare that ever happens. Because <laughs> I usually end up with a desk. I, like when I was back in Calgary, I had a desk full of like staples because of course that's what happens. You're like, I ran out of staples <clears throat> and I thought I didn't have any staples, but they were in another drawer in another room. Oh, I know I've got another stapler somewhere. I did find some staples, but apparently they're slightly different and they don't actually fill. But it's mm -hmm. funny because I did need to staple some pages together and I did manage to find the two or three, but I have yet to actually go out and get any. And at this mm -hmm. point, I don't have enough of an order. Yeah, to warrant to go to staples, to go pick some staples up. Yeah. I also like that you talked about reviewing your finances because I know every year at tax time, I, I get mm -hmm. that big shoe box out or I realize that I get the shoe box out and grab my credit card statements and going, okay, there's three receipts missing and I really, really need these to file. That's also a great idea. Yeah. I'm curious about one of the points where you mentioned examine your business from the outside in. What were you referring to and how do people do that? Particularly your website. If you have a website and you have people are buying off of your website, you want to check to see if their links are working. Because some people may never tell you that 
they'll go onto your web page, they'll click on something and, you know, it'll take you to a, an error page or something happens and you never know that. You could lose business that way if you're not having everything up to date link wise or even just checking to make sure that your web page has the, you know, 2022 as opposed to 2019. So you want to look update and fresh. So you want to update and freshen some of the things that you probably don't think about once you just get your website started, right? Or looking at your email signature. My One of my clients is like, I don't like my email signature. Can you look into this? And I was like, certainly. I didn't like your email signature either. And I've been the one who's been sending emails using that signature. You know, just taking a few, a few minutes, just looking at some of the things that you just take it for granted for. Like, you, you did your email signature two years ago. Maybe it needs to be updated. Maybe you, you haven't looked at your website, all of your pages, and seeing everything work. Even if you have a newsletter sign up on your website, go through the process and see how you can actually update the information. Oh, well, maybe that needs to be fixed. Or, you know, having a voicemail message. I know my phone because I'm in Mexico. I don't have voicemail on it. If you do have voicemail, then make sure that your message is updated. Well, these are some great little tips. Some things, honestly, I haven't thought about in really a long time. And then there are others that I'm looking at my desk and yes, there are a whole bunch of business cards that have been sitting here. In fact, I don't even use very many business cards anymore. I can't remember the last time I actually took one out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're probably getting pretty well worn by now. And the funny thing is like when I was working um, corporately, I had a stack full of business cards. And I don't think I ever handed one of them out. They ask you to buy them in 250. I was like, well, when I left, that's 250 that will never was never used. So yeah, <laughs> depends on how you're doing business. If business cards are something that you need, or maybe you go into a digital business card. Yeah, absolutely true. Well, Stephanie, these have been some really great tips. And of course, we'd love to be able to share this information with our listeners. If someone is interested in finding out a little bit more about you, or perhaps they're in need of a virtual assistant, or perhaps they just want to check out some of your blog posts and some of your other LinkedIn profile goodies, how what's mm-hmm. the best way for them to reach you? Well, on LinkedIn, my name is Stephanie Northcott, and you can find me there. And my website is just my name. StephanieNorthcott.com. Okay. We'll certainly put that in the show notes and that's Stephanie with Mm -hmm. an IE at the end. Yes. (laughs) P-H-A-N-I-E. That's awesome. Stephanie Northcott, thank you so much for spending the time with us today and hasta luego. (laughs) Hasta luego. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies, a new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com.